Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh gosh! Hi and welcome to another episode of the Nina Casa Show. God, you wouldn't think we won seven out of seven. Oh my God, what an absolute game! Uh, mentally tired, exhausted. Not because it was like a four-three or anything. My God, the opposition really wore us down. And when I think of Sheffield United, I always think of maybe their most famous fan, and I'm talking about Sean Bean. And their performance today reminded me of his performances in films. It's gritty. It, he's hardworking. He's a grafter, but. All in all, you're sat there waiting, anticipating for him to die. And in the end, it did happen in, in the most tragic way. The goalkeeper absolutely fumbled it. Liverpool very lucky with Ginny Wijnaldum. 1-0 was the final score. To join me to discuss this game, I mean, first of all, given the fact that I'm going to introduce my first guest, was there really any doubt that Liverpool would not win this game? Of course, it's Joe Cousy. Welcome to the show. Hi Nina, how you doing? Thanks for having me again. I'm dead. I'm like 150 <laughs> years old. You know, what is happening here, people? But we will talk about this, of course we will. And joining Cruzzy, it is a man with abs of steel. After watching Liverpool, he's going to release his workout DVD over Christmas. So keep your eyes open for that one. It is Harinda Singh. Harinda, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm happy for the win. I'm relieved in a manner that we got it otherwise it could have been very bad I know oh gosh 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 you know we'll, we'll you know fair play to them and we'll, we'll talk about things um later on but um it is a live show we are live on discord and we do have a subscriber calling in so I'll go to the first caller it is Mr underscore Ecker. um how do you do I think he might have lost his voice. After this, um, this ugly three points, so to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you're joining us on, on the Nina Casa show. You're joined by Cruzzi and Harinda. Um, yeah, um, I think we're delighted that we've got the three points. Is there any questions you'd like to raise with the panel? Well, actually, I, I want to talk about Fabinho because we have won seven out of seven, and I think he's... This season, he's been our most important player, and I wanted to talk to you about that. What What do you think? Do you think he's actually our best player so far? It's an absolutely great question. I'm going to come to Cozy first on this one. Cozy, I feel like, you know, the last two league games, we've had to heavily rely on like the, the defensive aspect of our game, you know, 
Um, it happened against Chelsea last week when they got their goal against Conte, when Conte scored and we had to kind of hold up our defensive end of the bargain. Uh, same today, I thought, you know, they, they look quite threatening in attack. And I, I, his defensive game for me was really, really impressive. And I feel like more and more people are sort of cottoning on to just how important and crucial Fabinho is to Liverpool. I mean, would you say that's fair, that he has been one of our sort of consistent key performers? Yeah, definitely crucial, especially in games like that. Um, away games, tough away games mm. against, you know, those sorts of opposition where we're not, we're not sort of at our flowing best. Um, I think our sort of defense, our really good defensive record last season. Um, it's a lot to do with him. I mean, the defenders get the credit uh, last season. Um, Gomez, um, Matip, um, Van Dyke, and uh, and the keeper get you know they they get a lot of yeah a lot of credit. But Fabinho doesn't really. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't start for Brazil. Um, but I think by the end of this season, I think he'll start really being recognised as one of the best, if not the best, um, sort of defensive midfield player in in, in the league. Um, if not one of them in Europe, definitely. Um, he he is really crucial, and um, he's, he's he's just got so many facets to his game. I mean, his reading of the game is really good. He wins lots of balls in the air. Uh, he wins tackles. His pressing is good, um, and he's quite creative as well. Um, mm. I, he's very decisive with his passing. I just I, I love him, and um, when when he's not playing, I think we we do really miss him. So, is he the most important player? That's difficult to say because we've got so many players who. You'd think if they weren't in the side, you'd, you'd really see a difference. So I'm not, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's our most important, but he's definitely one of the most important. He's definitely one of the names I, I look to see when, when the team's announced. I look to see his name. And if I don't see it, then I get worried. Um, so he's definitely one of those. Yeah, um, uh, I want to come to Harinz on this one. I mean, he's probably, he is definitely the first name, name you look for on the team sheet in the midfield, in my opinion. I think he's made himself that, though, hasn't he? Mm. Over the over the past year or so, especially since the turn of the year. Actually, no, you know what? Ever since we played United, really. It's been, it's been pivotal for us. And I never thought I'd... I think, that, you know, like we wouldn't have a fungible DM so someone can slot in, slot out, slot in, slot out, and so on and so forth. Because we just don't seem to do that with our players anymore. But him, something else. Fabi Longlegs. Long may he live. You know, calling Fabi long legs a while back um, as well. The one thing that does worry me, though, is that if it does get past him, usually you can see that he's at least tried to go for the ball, he's tried to tackle, he's tried to stop the players from advancing, especially against Chelsea last week. You could see it quite evidently. Is that when it does get beyond him, there, I wouldn't say panic ensues, but people start looking a bit worried. I don't know whether that's because you think, OK, if you get past Matip and... Van Dyke, it's Adrian rather than Alisson there, or whether they suspect something else is going to happen. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who's picked up that picked that up, but it's something that I'm seeing. I saw it against Napoli as well. I saw it against Chelsea now last week, and then today, hardly anything got past him. Really, let's be honest. Yeah, there's one where he winded himself. I think he got winded, and even then, he kind of got up and carried on. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sambo Evans, who was um, a guest on uh, the previous Nina Kaza show, goes, um, Yahoo, um, great three points, guys. I wonder how your um, Apple Watch um, held up in that game. Couldn't agree more. Fabinho, absolutely pivotal to this side, especially in those tough away matches. He's just joined us. So, yeah, pretty much he agrees with what Cozy said earlier on. He is absolutely huge. I mean, I know, guys, I want to get your thoughts on this, but, you know, um, then I'll go back to um, 
Mr. Becker, but um, one thing that I've kind of noticed is because we have such a specialised player in terms of a defensive midfielder, usually when when the midfield is a bit more sort of clicking and it's a bit more of that kind of game, I feel like um, everyone's roles are pretty much established now. You know, like we've got the likes of like Henderson in, in other games that's allowed to be a bit more advanced. Ginny's allowed to maybe sometimes be a bit more creative. I feel like because we actually have that defensive midfielder, he's kind of freed the roles of other midfielders. I agree. Yeah, it's 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 not um, square pegs and round holes, isn't it? Which is what sometimes we thought in seasons past. Where especially um, Shannon Henderson, right? You don't know which one was staying, which one was going. Exactly. It, you, you know, you, you had Ginny playing that role sometimes, and it wasn't his natural role. You had Henderson, um, and you had Chan as well. Sometimes a couple of seasons back now, um, interchanging sort of between the eight role and the six role. And now we've now, as you say, we do have the specialist six. And um, I definitely think Henderson's more suited to the eight role, and um, and and Ginny the same. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, I, yeah, you're right. I think the the midfield positions are definitely more sort of established now. Everyone knows their their, their roles. The only issue comes is, it, is if is when Fabinho's not in the side. Then it's you know then it's um, who plays the um, role. These days it will be Ginny. Um, six months ago it would have been Henderson. Uh, so <laughs> and that could change again. So um, but yeah, what, when, when he's in the side, it's um, the, the midfield um, does they tend to just work and operate um, a lot more smoothly. For sure. And uh, Harinda, would you like to add anything to that? No, I think Kazi's pretty much nailed it. Mm. Um, obviously, when Fab's not there, what happens is worrying because we've seen what it's been like without him. Um, I don't know whether Liverpool will ever buy a second DM though to kind of support him in that sense. But they keep on thinking that they can put in other people there. But it does make me worried. If does if he gets injured, he's not playing, you know, if something happens, what do we do? Because we'll revert to type, it'll be like seventeen, eighteen almost rather than eighteen, nineteen and eighteen, nineteen. It was a very good year for someone who played as a number six, because we won number six. And uh, many of the plaudits for winning number six would go to someone like Fabinho, in my opinion. So let's see. I I I do think, though, that with Fab there, when the other two advance, that it can be a little bit worrying as well. So you could see today in the first half, Sheffield, well, they played awesomely, right? You know, for a team that's at home, they're going to play their way. They didn't change their style at all, like some people sometimes do when playing Liverpool for the first time after such a long gap. They are Colin Wanker's old side. People don't know Colin Wanker is, Neil Warnock. Um, so the last time we played him was, what, 2006? And it was a draw because of a penalty. Um, who won the penalty? Gerard won the penalty. There's my memory clocking away, and it pissed off Neil Warnock no end. Yes, so, I do actually so I remember quite, that. So I was quite happy that he'd, he'd be boiling his piss today as well. Good old Colin Wanker. Um, but as I said, I I do genuinely worry that if someone like Fabinho is not around, what do we do? What would we do? Because we don't have that That's adaptability a... to, to to play how we did in the beginning of the second half, which is three at the back, right? It kind of matched Sheffield United formation as that kind of horseshoe up until the midfield. So up to the midfield until the um, halfway line, so we could push up. That's a really good point about um, when Fabinho plays, the other midfielders tend to be a lot more advanced as when he's not there. So, for example, when Ginny is in that role, or Henderson, the other two beside them, to my mind, 
I don't know if you got, I don't know if you noticed it as well, Nina. They don't tend to push up as much. They, they I think there's an element of fear because yeah. they know that guy's not comfortable. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, which could have the adverse effects. We could end. We could be in a position where we concede more goals because the two other midfielders trust um, Fabinho to mop up everything. <laughs> Even on set pieces as well, the centre backs yeah. are like fearless for getting in the box because they know he's at the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we 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 all love him. We absolutely do, and you know, it's something that we were screaming for, and it's just you know, um, uh, like you said, he's got just so much to him, and you know, really, really like important in these very, very um, you know, tricky away games because that was a tricky game. Uh, Mr. Eck, I'm going to come back to you. You've heard what the panel have said. I think they pretty much um, uh, rate him very, very highly. I'll let you have the the final thoughts on Fabinho, and then we'll carry on with the show. Yeah, I mean, I love him. Uh, I mean, he's a f- fantastic addition to this team. He's one of the main reasons why we won the si- the sixth. And to be honest, I think the everyone raised a really interesting point that um, sometimes our midfielders. I mean, I don't want to say it like this, but sometimes the other two midfielders can go to sleep defensively, this defensively because he's because he's with us. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's a little bit of a worry because. That means the other team has a little bit of, of a chance to go in at us. However, however, having him on, on the side is absolutely fantastic. I, I hope that going forward, our midfielders kind of like get up a bit better defensively, so we we don't have to be as nervy as we were today at times. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Record, thank you so much for that call. And you know what? Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And it was really nice that our first caller was about Fabinho. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks you too. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so that was Mr. Ecker. And um, looking at the Discord chat, you know, Mr. Tandon, producer extraordinaire, can't keep away. He wants in. He just wants his hashtag on on the the tweet for this pod. Come on, Gags. Yeah, you know, I like to get it retweeted. You do. Bring it in. (laughs) Bring it in, bitch. What what, what, what do you want to share? What are you going to say? How are I you? I got a couple. I got a couple. So I'm going to leave a couple of topics and let you like then discuss, and I'll go away. Maybe you might as well just fucking stay. No, no, I've got some. Uh, I've got pressing. the match to download. I've got the pressing to maybe start. So a few little things to do. Uh, you know what? Spoiler alert! Not much pressing today. No, there won't be. But it's nice. You know, it means tomorrow will be a bit of a day off. So how much did <laughs> Liverpool press? A little bit. Usually, I say <laughs> a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. As always, three points are going to be the the big deal, be all and end all at the moment. But there's a couple of things in there. Some really big chances missed from the front three. Uh, they they look off for me for the third game in a row. I want you to discuss that. Is it something to worry about? Is it just that one phase they go through every season? They do it every year and then they get hot again, or at least one of them does get hot again. But I think all three are a bit poo at the moment. I mean, you know, last week we we relied on set pieces. This week, open play, big chances, all missed. Easy ones, really easy ones missed. Um, and then I want you to talk about the Colossus that is Virgil van Dijk today. A lot of lot of plaudits from the team in recent weeks, deserved as well. But today, I thought my team was the weaker of the two. Uh, made a mistake for a shot that led to led to sorry that led to a shot. Also very weak against one of their forwards that VVD had to sweep up. VVD was one hundred percent today. No mistakes. I want you to give uh, VVD some love as well, if you can, for today. Just talk about him. So those are the... those, And then, obviously, the last one, 
which is probably going to be the, the hard, hard one, is that Henderson right wing role from midfield, which is really frustrating the hell out of me. I would really like you to cover that as well. So whichever way you want to do them, do them. But um, those are the three hot topics I would like you to discuss today. Please. Before you go, I want to mm. give you a special shout because you know when we scored that, when uh, Gini Wijnaldum got very, very lucky and yeah. the, the, the goal went in. Now, a long time ago, subscribers, you won't know this, but I think we played someone and the ball went through the keeper's legs and Gags tweeted, he Sharon stoned that. And it, it went through the keeper's legs again today. And I actually thought of your tweet. And I was like, he showed us his basic instinct. <laughs> There's going to be a whole load of subscribers that are too young for the Sharon Stone basic instinct reference. But folks, lads, lads especially, if you haven't seen basic instinct, go and watch them when they're seen. Thanks, We can appreciate. You'll know yeah. what I mean. Henderson, basic instinct. It, it's Henderson's basic instinct. I'm going to tweet it now. Thank you, Nin, for reminding me. Bye. Bye. Okay, let me see if I've got this right. Okay, so what does he want me to discuss? Right. The first thing he wants me to discuss to discuss is... Okay, so there was... This is live podcasting, people. You can't give me three fucking questions. Let's talk front, about... Front three. Front three, front yes, three, front three. three. Yes, oh, he's wrote them down. Thank you, basic instinct. Right, I have none, evidently. Right, okay, let's go with the first one. Um, let's talk about the film three. And you know what, Harinda, I'm going to come to you first on this one because they've not looked the best, and today they were wasteful. There weren't many chances. There wasn't an awful lot of space, and that's granted. If there's not enough space, because if you look at the way Sheffield United um, was set up defensively, they had like a flat four. And there wasn't much space to occupy and the fullbacks really couldn't get involved. But then when they had that chance, I mean, like, oh, it was so frustrating. We had two good chances in the first half to put a goal mm. in the back of the net. Malay's first one, which I'm not sure what he was trying to do with it. I really don't know. Because the ball turned from Virgil was fucking peachy. It's absolutely Oh, awesome God, man. yeah. Oh, to die for. Um, and then he just decides to not score. And the second one was all the intricate play that you expected. Tap one, tap two, pass one, pass two, off you go, right. And you know what? You'd have put your house on him, burying it, not hitting the post. You'd have thought, that's it. You know what, Manny, there you go. Good night, God bless. Take it at the end of the first half. Off we go. And he hits the post, and you're like, what the fuck is this thing on here? But they haven't really been off the boil in regards to the last three matches. Yeah? So two weekends ago. Yeah? So not last weekend, but the weekend before. 14th, mm-hmm. we played Newcastle. They were on yes. fire. Fair dues? Yep, two weeks ago. Fire. Champions League match against Napoli. Napoli, obviously, going to be very defensive. We're going we're going away from home as well. Um, so they're going to play their way. That was always going to be a hard match. It was always going to be one that was difficult for our front three. But our front three did make chances and not bury them. They did make chances and not bury them. Chelsea. So Chelsea was the match after that. Yeah, again, was always going to be a bit tight. was always going to be difficult in regards to a match that we played. Chelsea were going to be defensive. We remember that from the Super Cup in regards to how they could play. They had Kante, obviously, magically return with God knows what horse. And and do you know what the irony is? He was unfit all the way until that match. He plays that match. He's great. Guess what? Kante's out today with a hamstring injury. (laughs) Fuck, oh, he just told me, he's a bastard. Cal fucking surprise. Yeah. Yes, go on, Nina, go on, you say it. As Klopp says, 
he he always manages to get fit against us. He <laughs> does all those fucking horsey placenta injections. I'm telling you, there's something going wrong in that. It's something odd at that Cobham place around the corner from here. You can take it from me. I know there's something not quite right. Um, but leaving the what's not quite right aside, so the front three today were obviously going to be frustrated. Yeah, I don't think they were too off the boil against Chelsea. They were in and around. They just didn't bury it. But today, the the malaise was more so in regards to being shunted by three people. You see, you see clear points in the second half more so than the first, where Salah wants to turn or Firmino wants to turn, and straight away they're turning into three people. You know, unless you do have some magic skill that you're going to get through somebody and nutmeg them and move around and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to get a break there. Because if you've got three, can you imagine the angle in forward, left, right of you? What are you going to do? They've got you covered, right? In that time, in that position, I would suspect our players should be closer to the likes of one of the three to help him. But the enablers are also worried as well. So if you had Ginny and Hendo who could advance, if they advance too much, they leave a massive gap behind them. They leave that massive gap behind them. The ball doesn't come to them. Sheffield are away. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's one of matches like this whereby, you know what, you just thank the stars above, take the 1-0, take the three points, and don't talk about it again. Because <laughs> I think I put it in Discord earlier. This is like Huddersfield. Yeah, about a year or so ago. Oh, we gosh, yes, yes, time. yes. Fucking yeah. dire match. Absolute dire match. We win it 1-0. We're all counting our stars. Because I don't think, how the fuck have we got through that? Because we were diabolical at times. Um, I wouldn't say we were completely atrocious today, but Sheffield put up a massive fight, as expected. They're at home. Um, and they're not, as, they're not as much as a pushover as other teams have been. You know, whereas Huddersfield were absolutely dog shit last season, even up until the point they played us. And then when they played us, we made them look a lot better than they needed to be. Here is a team like Sheffield where they're actually playing in the measure of how they've been since they've come to the... Um, Premier League again so fair dues to Sheffield Indeed yeah I thought they they defended really well but Kuzi I'm going to come to you because I, I did a video on this on my Instagram cheeky little plug follow me on Instagram at the Nina Kaza show on Instagram. I kind of thought initially maybe they didn't have like a, a proper pre-season break. Maybe they look a little tired, but they played so well. And then that international break happened. Maybe that two-week off was awful for Marcelo and Sadio Mane. It affected their groove and their rhythm because they looked like they were really on, on a rhythm and some kind of groove there. And then Newcastle happened. I mean, I thought we won at Newcastle. We played well, but I don't think we really got out of second gear, in my opinion. I thought it was a really easy, comfortable win. I don't think any player really over overcompensated in that game and then we lost to Napoli I thought we looked really really tired against um, Chelsea in the second half because um, obviously the, the grilling trip to Napoli I mean it was probably emotionally quite exhausting as well they have that week break in the Carabao Cup you expect the Reds to be fully energized certainly that front three they could really appreciate that break but um, it really for me was a combination of you know, Sheffield United really setting up really well defensively, sort of closing up all the gaps for our, you know, front men to, you know, penetrate those spaces. And then when they got the chances, half the time they looked like they were expecting the ball, which, you know, like that, when when Mo Salah gave the ball to um, Roberto Firmino in the second half and then he gives it to Sadio Mane and he hits the crossbar and then it ricochets. And Firmino should have just taken the shot, but it was like they weren't expecting things. You know, yeah, they, they usually, we give them a lot of credit for having that telepathic understanding. Yeah, I am torn between being concerned as Gags is, and then, like, um, Herinda said that they were on 
really good. They looked really good just two weekends ago. Um, and and the main reason for the concern would be, as as you mentioned, the the lack of rhythm with regards to not having a proper preseason, the workload that they've had the last couple of years, um, the fact that they play all the minutes um, for our, all our sort of you know world league and, and and Champions League games, and I'm wondering whether a, a fatigue at this point at any point is kicking in. Um, when the season kicked off, my main worry, I thought they'd start the season on fire because, you know, they were all in sort of good form, especially at international level. But I did have a concern that by sort of November, December, they could get, they, they could sort of lose form or pick up injuries due to, due to the fatigue. So I'm wondering whether the drop in form might have something to do with that or if it's just, just circumstance and, you know, the next game, um, they'll just be back at it. I think given that the next two games are at home, um, the one in Europe against um, against Salzburg, and then and then the league game against Leicester. I think that will give us more answers as to whether we do have something to worry about or not. Um, today was weird because ener- they looked energetic, um, but the decision making and the finishing was poor. And 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 as you say, we come we, we come to expect better, especially you know in the early games of this season where the decision making has been great, especially from Firmino. Um, there was a we had a four against three in the in in the second half where um I was just expecting him to just pass it to, to Salah who was in who was in quite a bit of space on the right. And um we've done it so many times before where Firmino has timed his pass to Salah beautifully and we've scored. By this time we just completely ignored him and played the wrong pass inside. Um and we just and we lost the chance. There's the bad misses obviously with that Sadio. I was I was gobsmacked with the when he missed the first one. I just expected the net to bulge. I couldn't believe it when mm-hmm. it went over the bar. <laughs> I it just looked like he just waited too long and then and then by the time he shot, the ball was sort of on the half bounce, um, right in front of the keeper. So he made it he made an easy chance difficult and then the one he hit the post. That was that was a strange one as well because Salah made two bad decisions in my opinion. He he tried he tried to play a pass inside. It ricocheted off the defender. And he had another he had another chance to pass it. Didn't really give Firmino a good pass. Firmino then actually made a good pass to to um to to Mane who then missed it. Um and then you had Salah's one on one with the keeper. He didn't really look that confident. Um so there are a little there are things to worry about. But I, I probably need a couple more games before um. I'm sort of convinced whether it is something to to really sort of be concerned about or not. But now now would be a good time for the defence to start, you know, getting back to the form they showed last season. This so if if our front three are going to sort of drop, sort of come off the boil a little bit, you'd want us to be really difficult to score against because that's how we sort of started last season. We were difficult to score against the front three. You didn't really click, but then they started to click later later in the season. So hopefully we can get back to that if. Gag's concerns are actual reality. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Um, we're hoping that it is just a little bit of a purple patch and nothing too alarming, and I think it'll just be a matter of time. Um, I'm going to go to... Uh, we have actually another caller now. I think we have Rakesh joining us, and I believe he has a question on Virgil van Dijk, so I'll, I'll hang fire on Gags, and hopefully it's all covered together. Hello? Hey guys. Hi. Yeah, you sound great as usual. Welcome back, Rakesh. Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, great, great win today. And Virgil was absolutely immense from from minute one. I mean, they'd obviously, uh, you know, they've got some big guys, not just th- in, up front, but throughout their whole team. And and Virgil, he cleared everything in the air. It was it was a, a really spectacular performance. Just wanted to get your your thoughts on that and how 
yeah, I still I still uh, wonder how we managed to kind of buy the 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 best defender in the world for just seventy five million. I know they thought we were getting robbed. I say it's an absolute bargain. Harinda talked to me about Virgil Van Dijk. I mean, he's had a you know, he's had an incredible impact on this team, and you know. Um, He's, you know, at times had to play with like numerous different partners and, you know, and I think him and Joel Matip have established a really, really good partnership and understanding. Same could be said with Gomez as well, but obviously right now we are stick with Matip. You know, last week there was a lot of praise and plaudits for Joel Matip, but today, and I think Gag said it as well, he thought that Virgil van Dijk had the better game, had the more leadership sort of qualities in the defence, saved us so many times, you know, against, you know, some, you know, some of the tricky play by um by Sheffield United. I mean, I feel like you kind of run out of positive things to say about Virgil van Dijk because he's always, always, always going to get the praise. I mean, just how huge is he just for everything in terms of the spine? So do you want me to answer the question you've just done? or like Because you seem to have answered it for me. You asked me to say something, then you said everything yourself. <laughs> so. I'm, so I'm not quite sorry. sure. What you, I don't know where you're going to this, but I, I, I tell you what, all the pundits trademark, because this is a week of trademark, right? It's a trademark pause. There you go. Pundit, trademark that. Pundit. All the pundits out there, aka shit pundits who aren't hot shit or shit hot, whichever way you want to be, have gone on about a DVD for the last couple of weeks, haven't they? He's look, they've looked off the boil. He's not quite at the race. It, all these kind of little niggly things to kind of get into DVD's head about things. Obviously, they're not going to. You know what? It's never going to happen. He's easily better than Messi. So fuck FIFA. Who gives a shit what they say? So all these pundits out there that have something to say about DVD, they were answered yesterday today at around the 52nd, 53rd minute or so, where a strand of Virgil van Dijk's hair comes undone from his perfectly manicured hair comes down his head and you could tell that the strand of hair was just as angry as he was in regards to the fact that they're making DVD defend the world's best defender full stop and he's sitting there thinking Sheffield really really you trying this shit with me what's wrong with you guys but don't you know who I am have you not heard of who I am why are you trying to make me defend I don't need to defend here why are you making me do all this hard work so his hair was even pissed off at the fact that they made a DVD defend. That's how good a defender he is. That's how brilliant our £75 million investment has been. And he's fucking awesome. And do you know what? Everyone's piss boils when they get to run past. Oh, he's been run past. He's been dribbled past. Oh, my God. They get their nappies and a niggle about that part. What happened next? Nothing. Pepe goes past him when the Arsenal match. What happened next? Nothing. It was like Mark Walters when Nicola Pepe was doing it for Arsenal. Up and down the wings with nothing happening at the end of it all. We saw that again and again in the 90s um, with Mark Walters. But VVD had him. VVD almost has everybody, or usually has absolutely everybody who comes up against him. That's why people hate playing against him, but they love him as a defender because he is that good. There is nothing else to say about a VVD. Looks like Nina's left speechless, folks. Um, oh, wow. sorry, it's I was a, on It's a world first. Thank you, Gags. Thank you. For once. For once. 1508. She's on, she's on mute. I'm back. On Saturday, the 28th of September, 2019, Harinda finally silenced Nina. And I, I was actually talking... It was a technicality. 
It was. It fucking was. Like, let me let me regroup and regather. I bet you she edits that out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm absolutely not. It, these things happen. Where live technical things happen. Um, Cosie, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you on Virgil Van Dyke. Um, Herinda there says there's nothing more to say on Virgil Van Dyke. I want to see if you can add any more praise to the great man because, my God, what you know, it's it's madness to think how much we have evolved since we've signed him. It absolutely. It's um, it, it's it's hard to emphasize just how much he's made a difference in games like this, where we're away from home against these sort of long ball sides, um, or teams that like to go direct to put us under pressure. Anyway, that's you missed out the skirt and the love when we lose that game. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, and winning sort of nine ninety percent of headers or wherever it was today. I can't remember him losing any. Maybe he lost one. I don't know. Um, is huge. He just puts the he just puts the centre forward in his place, um, and it's massive. In in seasons past, we have had Lovren, Skirtle, Sacco, all these players, and they'd at best win I don't know maybe fifty fifty of of their headers. And the ones you lose, and then you lose second balls, it just puts you under so much pressure. And in previous seasons where we've not had him, we'd have we'd have lost points. We'd have conceded in, in games like that. So that's one of the main reasons that we've gone from a team that gets, I don't know, 60 or 70 odd points to a team that's getting 90 odd points. That's one of the main differences. It's being able to shut teams out at home and away, really, um, when they try and, and go direct. They're just, they're just, they don't get any joy out of it. I can't remember the last time we played against a team that decided to go direct and they actually got joy out of it. And I spent, I spent years and years, decades watching Liverpool being put under pressure from long ball teams and we just eventually, you just knew it was a matter of time before we conceded. And it's just not the case anymore. Um, there was a period under, under Rafa where, where, and, 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 and under Julia where we had Hippia and Carragher. That was, that was a, um, a sort of a period in time where, where we were good against the long ball. Other than that, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's really just made this, there's a marked difference. Um, and I think that's the sort of biggest compliment. Chrissy, I, 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 I think give. a lot. Chrissy, I know you watch a lot of American football as well, and sometimes I've had people who also watch American football kind of describe him as a bit of a quarterback in in some of his passing. Sometimes, I mean, we saw that ball that he played um, to Sadio Mane uh, that Harinda spoke about in in the first half. I mean, it's not even just his defensive work; is it? It's his ability to play a pass. Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. And to be fair, all of our defenders are really good on the ball. Um, yeah. But yeah, his, his part were you were you willing Matip to do one of his crazy runs today when it was really tight? I was. I'm not going to lie. I just wanted to run through the middle. He did, he a, did couple. a couple in the second half. <laughs> he he did. did a couple in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the, the the long part. And they're not just aimless passes. You know, you you see lots of centre backs just punt just punt the ball and hit and hope really. Um, but he's a, actually, you know, he sees a run. And he actually plays a pass. It's not just a long ball up the middle. And um, often, more often than not, they're really accurate. He's, he's, he's great. He is. And the 75 million looks an absolute bargain right now. I love seeing those retweets um, of fans of, of, of our rivals <laughs> taking a piss when we spent 75 million for him in, um, in, in, in January 20, what was it January 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love seeing those retweets. They just look, they're just hilarious now in hindsight. They are absolutely. Um, yeah, he, 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 I, I get what um, is coming from with the um, with with the slide, you know, critiques. It's it's got to the point now where he's at such a level where just someone running past him is sort of big news. 
you know, it's it's stop the presses, you know. Pepe actually, you know, skipped past him for I don't know, for five yards and nothing came of it. And that's a talking point. That's that's the level we're talking about. Yeah, you know, uh, a hair was straying his eyebrow, that's it. The opposition made him, you know, cause that. He's not as, as great as what we think he is. That just puts the numbers in here. He goes, he's won at 12 out of his 14, won by Virgil van Dijk's 7 out of 9 for Matip. I'm thinking, are we talking about aerial duels there? They're just numbers, but yes, yes, they are, the aerial duels. Thank you, Gags. Look and the headers him. are proper headers. When he wins the, when he wins the header, the head, it goes for it's, it's height and distance on the header. It's not like he's just heading it down to a, a, an opposition player's feet, which is what Lovren always used to do. Like he'd, have 70, <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have he'd have he'd have and a skirt as well. They'd have seventy five percent, eighty percent on the stats, but the header is not really is not great. The header is still so, putting us under pressure. It's like the past completion stat, isn't it? They're absolutely. completely misleading with them. Yeah, absolutely. I bring Rakesh back in. Rakesh, you've heard what the lads have said. Glowing reports, raving reviews for Virgil van Dijk. Do you expect anything less? I'll let you have the final say on Virgil. Well, just going back to what Cuzzy was saying, my favourite, I don't know if it's a retweet, but I remember someone calling him the uh, Dutch Chris Smalling. That one always gets me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of... Uh, Virgil, again, because he's absolutely right. When he, he doesn't give the opportunity for the opposition to get a, a decent second ball, he, when he gets those headers in, they, they, you know, they stay headed, if you know what I mean. They, you know, he gets distance on them. And um, that's just, it gives authority to every bit of his play. And he can do everything. He's, if, you wanna, if you want to try and rough him up, he'll, he'll go toe-to-toe with you physically. If you, you know, um, if you, he's a brilliant reader of the game. He's quick. If you're trying to play behind him, he'll... he'll um, you know, close down the, the the guy with the ball or the guy running onto it. He's got everything, and um, yeah, long live the doubters because uh, yeah, we've got a player on our hands. I don't think the doubters anymore. Not at all. I mean, you'd have to be absolutely ridiculous. But Rakesh, thank you so much for calling. Cheers, guys. Thank you. No, no, absolute pleasure. Right, it's, uh, for for the moment we don't have any callers. It's, it's just myself, Harinda, and Cozy. The the, the trio and you know what there's been some chat in the chat box and um i want to get your thoughts we've got to discuss the key talking points of the game you know we discussed the sharon stone moment maybe we're going to a bit more depth i don't know but let's talk about the penalty shout and cuzzy i'll i'll stick with you on this one because you know there was no grumbles from sadio mane there was no grumbles from the team but there's been a lot of talk that it should have been a penalty i want to know what you think my first reaction was that it wasn't a penalty. And mm-hmm. when I saw the replay, I wasn't convinced that it was. Um, it was one of them where in li- live speed, I thought 100% no. I wasn't even, you know, when you're watching it, you, you scream penalty. That didn't mm-hmm. enter my mind that it, that it could be a pen. Um, on the scene, the replay, I was about maybe 40% yes, 60% no. So I didn't have any qualms that it wasn't given. Um and Sadio seemed to be more pissed off that he fucked up the chance rather than he'd been fouled. So um, I think that's probably a telltale sign. For sure. And Harinda, I want, I want to get your thoughts on this because um, obviously we uh, we all watched it at home and the commentator said, and then they went to free and they kind of said something along the lines of like, oh, 
uh, he's you know he was a bit late and a bit lungy there but not enough contact on on the player to kind of um you know kind of award the penalty i want to i want to get your thoughts because it all just seems very up in the air if you've not made contact with the ball and you've 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 you know made contact with the player for me that's a penalty that's how it's always been um but i want to get your thoughts was it a penalty wasn't it a penalty because i think what really kind of set the tone for the referee in this game i mean the referee is just shocking anyway there's you know no need to even go there within just shows finest but I felt like that kind of maybe set the tone, the fact that there wasn't much from Sadio Mane and the team. I don't know why they didn't mm. appeal. You know, I generally don't know why they didn't appeal because I thought it was a penalty all day long. And you're right. You know, you've actually you've, you've echoed the sentiments I would have said, which is he hasn't touched the ball. He's definitely touched the player. He's clipped the player's um, boot, right, if I remember correctly. Mm. And you're like, yeah. yeah, come on, man, that's a penalty. You know, um, had he theatrically gone down, had he done a Harry Kane, anything like that, you know, and then shouted and screamed, possibly that would have jerked the referee into action. Maybe VAR then would have come into play and actually stated, yeah, it's a penalty. No, it's not a penalty, so on and so forth. But um, I'm perplexed as to why they didn't do a shout. You know, surely in all the trains that would do everything that we've been doing, um, I get playing the game in regards to, you know, being sportsman like but you've been clipped there, man. You've actually been clipped. It's um, it's not it wouldn't have been unfair for somebody to stay down and go, look, hang on, what's going on here? Rather than just get up and go, Oh, yeah, no, nothing of it. And I think that's what caused a penalty not to be given in this instant. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we've got some talk in here. I think Sam Evans agrees that it was a penalty. Rowan um, said VAR is pointless at this stage. BT Ref said it was a stonewall and that Klopp would have every right to talk about it if it finished nil-nil. I think that's it, see. If, if, I think he's absolutely spot on there. If, had it finished nil-nil, I think we all be fuming about that penalty shout. Any foul in the box is a penalty, full stop, no, no debate. I think he's pretty much spot on. I think the fact that it's not been the key talking point on the show right now is because we won. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I, mm. I mean, it, it's one of had, those... Had, had, we, had we dropped points, I would have been more pissed off with the missed chances than, than that decision, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, fair, because I think we were, we were worth I would have as well. And because it, I think it's in our hands. We, we, we didn't have to resign that penalty, so we can fume about the penalty we want. The more fume about the penalty is because VARs, the people are, you know, who are, who are looking after the technology are shit and looking out for their referee that's on the pitch more than anything. It's all political, which continues the trend of political bollocks going on with referees for, for decades. Um, the technology itself is not bad. They can improve, obviously, the technology for offsides by actually having ultra HD monitors and ultra HD feed in wherever they're sitting, because it's the frame rate and all that bullshit is, is behind the times. So I'm with Cuzzy. It doesn't matter about the technology and all that. If you get three big chances, like we got today, you expect the two of the hottest strikers, wide forwards in the world, to put one of those three away, just percentages-wise. And if one goes in, like Rowan's saying, it, 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 it probably goes into five nils, four nils, five nils, six nils. After, after they score, because it just becomes hard to skelter after that. So, you miss it, and it becomes a tight game, and this is what you get. You rely on Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still <I'm> being dying. <laughs> Gags, what, what's, a, what's a penalty in terms of XG? Massive. Compared it's to, like 0.7. Com, com, compared it's to the like biggest the chances chance. they've been missed. 
compared to say Salah's miss, for example? They would have been bigger than all of them. I think the biggest chance we missed was the Mane one, zero point four nine, the one in the one that he hit the post with, because it's literally yeah. a tapping, right? But that's zero point four nine because he's got to beat the keeper too. But free shot. You know, relaxed, calm shot. For, I, mean, I mean, obviously, penalty's yeah. got some pressure, but 0.7 yeah. or a bit more, maybe sometimes, for the penalty. But still, you'd rather take the tap in, right? Every time. Absolutely. You'd rather yeah, take, absolutely. Because of penalty, you still, you still got to beat the keeper, but that tap in, it should be in. It should be in. So, from I my think, point I of think, view. I think Manny genuinely didn't think he was fouled, which is why he didn't make any big deal of it. I think he generally just in the moment thought, oh, fuck, I've, I've missed that. But you know what? That's fine. <laughs> That's where the referee makes an obvious error. Yeah, misses the misses it. The player misses it because he thinks maybe the ball, whatever. But the the technology should be there to help. But like I said, like you said, I was more really really concerned that that's three games in a row that they're missing out on chances and and final third. Bobby was picking going left instead of going right to Mo. He was going left and and killing the move. Uh, I mean, the only and he, right he, never, and he never does that. He never does that. No, no he was everybody was yeah. making wrong decisions, Hello? by the way. Everyone was playing the wrong ball today. The everybody. only one that impressed me was Divi. Can you believe it? Yes. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> Divi looked good when he came on. He was wicked. Yeah. And Sam Evans kind of mentioned it as well. Like when we were speaking about the front three C, Sam, I do read, but it was just I needed to like sort of bring it in nicely. But yeah, um, he kind of said the front three really needed Divi's um, energy because it, it, you know, like I think his first touch was pretty brilliant as well. You know, he, yeah, he had yeah. an impact. But then Sheffield United did go the other way and nearly score. But the thing with Divi was he was involved in that goal. He was the one who did really mm-hmm. nice trickery on the on the on the left, put the cross in. It was cleared. That's where that's where uh, Wijnaldum got the shot in. So it just added, he just added something. There was more people in the box as well for one after he came on. So it was good. He did mess up today. Didn't he didn't mess up by the 87th minute, though. He forgot I'm not going to lie, off. you know, he's... Yeah, he's like, yeah, 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 that really pissed me off, Arinda. Yeah, he should have gone the other yeah. way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it, you got it. Oh, what, what are you doing there, post ball? <laughs> <laughs> Go the other way. And you know, I, I was... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, go for it. I was just going to say, I was really concerned that he's had this fresh trim and he looks slick, but I thought maybe all your strength is in your hair, but obviously, um, uh, he looked pretty decent today. He, looked, he, he, he surprised me because I'm not the biggest Divi fan, mm. even though he scored the most huge goals last season. So always going to get respect for that. But he looked good when he came on today. Um, and um, yeah, it would have been good if he scored and he'd done that great bit of skill with his quick feet, but then just dragged the shot. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was good relief today, and I, I like the um, the tactical change from Klopp as well. I think that was proactive and and, and really good. Didn't just go like for like. We sort of reshaped. Um, Firmino dropped a bit deeper, put Salah in the middle, um, and we looked more dangerous. We did absolutely. I mean, let's just carry on talking about the game. I think Gags had a question on Jordan Henderson and like playing almost like a, a right winger, and it kind of really frustrates him. I mean, Harinda, what what do you feel about this? Because I thought it was it was a kind of frustrating game for all. Um, I, I felt like the game was predominantly in the first half, certainly played, you know, as a whole in the midfield. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Henderson and his role in this game because I thought it's quite. I, I I'm usually a very big fan of Jordan Henderson, but today mm. I thought it was it, it just seemed predictable as to what was going to happen. Mm. There's no easy way of saying that. That's kind of how it felt to me. I'm not sure whether people concur or not, but it just felt predictable when you're playing on the right what was going what was going to happen next. And Sheffield United could read it. 
You know, if he got the ball from Trent, he wasn't going to do anything spectacular other than try and give it back to Trent or go the other way. Because Sheffield marshaled the spaces really, really well. Um, there wasn't going to be that sudden creative spark of like, all right, I'll take a player on here, I'll drink, I'll, I'll dink a couple of players here, and then try and get somewhere else. You know, that wasn't going. That wasn't happening with him. But it wasn't happening with Ginny either. You know, fair dues. It wasn't happening with anybody else in regards to that midfield. But in the... Ele- I've got to get my seasons right. 11-12. Didn't Kenny try and play him like that? A little bit as a right winger. And it wasn't really working out. But he kept on... Yeah, I think he did. It. Yeah. It's not naturally him. Naturally, if you're going to put him anywhere, stick him just behind the three strikers, but more centrally. You know, so you can go left, you can go right. A bit like how he plays for England a little bit, right? But that's never going to happen in the way that we structure our team. So it, it leaves me at a quandary with Henderson. Sometimes, as an attacking force, as we saw last season, Southampton off the bench being a great example of it. Great, you know, a dynamism going forward. Sometimes it's exactly what you need to unlock a game. But today, the, there wasn't that kind of super thrust from the middle. And maybe that was tactical. I don't know. I genuinely don't know if it was to just protect us in regards to preventing Sheffield coming onto us and attacking with more gusto. But it just didn't seem to work. It just didn't seem to work. And I felt sorry for Hendo in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Kuzi, I want to get your thoughts on this because Gags has a little thought on this as well. You know, um, maybe his his style doesn't suit the role because Gags is saying, you know, when you play in that position, you kind of, you need a player that's, you know, that can do, um, you know, the one-twos, maybe beat a player, create some space, and Hendo doesn't do any of that. He just wants the ball to his feet. Yeah, his, um, I mean, City have a similar setup where um, Walker plays in field sometimes with Sterling or Sonny or whoever, whatever wingers playing is outside him hugging the touchline. And the, the two of them um, have sort of really good relationship, given goals and that sort of thing. Hendo doesn't seem to have that with Trent. You don't really see too many given goals overlapping. Um, one goes inside, one goes outside, and they swap that sort of thing. And, you know, beating his man and getting a cross in, it's not really Hendo's game, is it? So, um, it, creatively, it's not great. And then, for me, it leaves it leaves us vulnerable to the ball over the top down the, down the channel, down Trent's channel. So, um I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. When Trent cuts infield and then Hendo's high up the pitch and we lose the ball in transition, we tend to have, we tend to have problems. And um, maybe, maybe last season that was less the case, which might be why we were less vulnerable when we lost the ball in transition. Um, so I'm not a fan of the tactic. Um, but it, it's obviously something I think Klopp is, is definitely, it, it's definitely a, a thing that's, um, it, it, it's something that we've done on purpose. He's looked at it. And decided that's that's something he wants to do this 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 season. So, you know, it, it might be that we're trying to get Trent more in the field and more involved in in the play. Um, and there's been occasions where Trent has been sort of in field and Hendo out, and then Trent will put a nice a nice ball in, into the box. So maybe it's that. Maybe he's, he's trying to get that more in, into it. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, no, I'm, I, it doesn't bring the best out of Hendo. It definitely doesn't. Um, and it's not really he's not really one to create. He's not really one to sort of play even. If not the assist, the hockey assist. You don't really see that from from Hendo. Um, so, um, so I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's um, it's not been great, and hopefully, um, we don't see any more of that. Um, I suppose the last player we kind of need to talk about is maybe Adrian. 
and her and I, yeah, yes, I know you have the work because I know you need to run. Yeah, I need to go. So, clean sheet. It wasn't actually bad actually today. There were a couple of times where I think people were expecting to come forward, especially for when it was some um, Sheffield's chances. But had Sheffield buried a couple of those, they would have been called offside anyway, which is the good thing. Um, on the whole, commanded his box up quite well, came forward for catching things. Um, and these are the things that you'd now sometimes nine times out of season Mignolet parry rather than catch. Mm-hmm. And I think with and this this is meant to be this is not meant to be an insult to Adrian in your shape or form, but it just shows the West Ham player in him. In regards to West Ham, would have had attacked like that from so-called lower lower opposition to Liverpool. You know, like let's say if West Ham were playing a Sheffield or West Ham were playing a Leicester or something like that, that those kind of balls would be coming in and Tenor Penny Adrian would have been expected to catch him. So I think that was quite crucial for us. Whereas if you think about the Mignolet era, the Mignolet era was all about parry it away, push it away, parry it away, push it away. And sometimes the parry and push would be into a danger area. So credit where credit's due. And also the one shot that came from outside the box, which looked like it would have hit the post, Adrian went to save. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than waiting for it, rather than thinking, oh yeah, the better judgment was, I'll go for the save. Especially with the weather conditions as well, yeah. right? You know, I, anything I make, can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I may commit the corner, but I'll prevent the goal. Whereas we've seen previously, somebody wouldn't even move. Or dive the wrong way if you're Mr. Jones. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Then. <laughs> but yeah, credit where credit's due. Adrian would be made up with a clean sheet. And a lot of the talk yesterday, post the press conference, was that Adrian wouldn't be starting today and Alison would be coming right back in. So again, kudos to the team whereby they've actually played Adrian and who knows we'll probably see Alisson back for the Salzburg match but at least Adrian's going away with a clean sheet you know what no. he might not get back in until Adrian makes an error honestly it just, you never know I, I you would, never know which I would you, you never I know. would leave you to debate that guys I've got to go okay. have a great nice weekend one, buddy. top the Reds top, top the league okay. Cousy, actually Cousy, do you think he does it do you reckon he risks it um, I, I don't think Alisson will be back next game. I think he, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't agree that he that he'd um, wait for an Adrian error. Um, but I think Alisson would need to be 100 percent fit, like really sort of sharp and on it. Demi God levels of fitness. Exactly, because um, Adrian's looking good, and we're not we're not sort of clamoring for. I mean, the the the, the best compliment I can give Adrian is that we're not com- we're not sort of clamoring for. Um, for Alisson to get back in the team. This is so true. He's been really good. He's been really, really good. The shot stopping has been excellent. The only thing I can see um, that Alisson does better, well, obviously Alisson's a better keeper, but just in this small sample size, um, is is, is some of the times where I think the defenders expect the keeper to come out for it. Yes. Adrian sometimes is rooted to his six-yard lines, and other times he just bolts out when the defenders aren't expecting it. So he's a bit inconsistent in that, whereas they seem a lot more comfortable when Alisson's just going to come and mop up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the last few games, that's the only really thing I can see from Adrian that, that, looked, that looked a bit... Sucky. His kicking's like, even improved as well, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. His catching yeah. has been good. You know, he's a, yeah. second, he's a second goalkeeper and he doesn't give us belly-belly, you know. He really doesn't. He doesn't have it as well. It's just, um, I have no qualms about him whatsoever. I think he's constantly improving and, you know, again, produced some really, uh, you know, big moments in that game in, in those conditions as well, especially that save that Harinda was speaking about. Steve Pizza said, we know why Harinda's gone. He wants to go and work on his Sharon Stone gift. <laughs> right, that's version of assignment for the weekend. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, 
I honestly believe uh, what Cozy says is right. He's the only thing is some of his decision making that. Yeah, I think Robertson shouted at him today, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Van Dyke was shouting at him the whole Chelsea game as well. So I mean, I mentioned that last week. So, but th- but that'll come because they just don't. They like I said in the preview with Guy, it's just because they haven't played together. Six you know, games first, together, right? It's only six, six and, and a half games, games. or oh, well, yeah. well, more than that. They're and, and they didn't tra- and they didn't train together either. He really, he basically came in off the street, cold, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> off the street, <laughs> street and street and street. It really <laughs> and is a rags to riches story in it for Adrian. Though, <laughs> if you think about it, it's a unbelievable and to be part of. Like, because if you think about it, a player comes in and ends up being plays seven, six and a half out of the seven, top of the league. Like, what? What, what must be going through this guy's head? He will. If we do do the impossible by the end of the season, yeah. If we do do it, because I don't want to jinx it. If we do do it, this guy will deserve that medal around his neck. Oh, for it, sure. You know? Let's not forget the humble days. Let's not forget the humble days when Cozy wanted me to be Liverpool's goalkeeper. About three years ago. <laughs> <Okay>, now, <laughs> uh, I'm fighting you know for three people. I I thought that when Henderson spilled Ginny's shot, I thought, you know what? A couple of years ago, that was us. Our keeper would just fucking throw one in the net, and we'd be all gutted. <laughs> it's it, it 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 just it's it, it's so good to have a, a flipping uh, a comfortable keeper, someone who's solid that you're not worried about. Because there was a couple of games where I was worried about Allison with his kicking. It's not Allison, sorry, Adrian with his kicking. But now. Mm. Um, just comfortable when the ball goes to him, or if there's a one-on-one, I expect him to save it. It's just, yeah, it's it's just really reassuring. I mean, can we just quickly talk about the goal as well? I know we spoke at the Sharon Stone moment, but you know, Junior Ronaldo, he doesn't really. I, I don't know the stats on how many goals he scored away from home, but you know, he's he was like probably the most unlikely of strikers today. I know he did hit it clean, and the goalkeeper made an absolute hash of it, and we appreciate that. But I think. You know, just the look element of that. You know, the fact that you can play absolutely hideously and still walk away with three points with a slice of luck. I grew up watching Man United. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, they traumatised my childhood. It's nice to be on the other side of things as an adult. Why is everyone so quiet? Somebody. Cousy. I was waiting for Gags to go. Why is that? There's only you two left. <laughs> well, you, know you, keep, you keep jumping in and you're confusing the, the rhythm between Cozy and I, so... Just, just take it away. you only got the man of the match to do now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it remind, that, that, that lucky goal reminded me of the McManaman and the Collymore. Do you remember those? The Collymore at Ewood Park. And I think the McManaman was at Ewood Park as well. Oh my god, um, yeah, that was the Barnsley that? one. Barnsley versus Flowers. <laughs> that was class, wasn't it? Bounced over, bounced over him. <laughs> and yeah, apparently that, yeah, someone yeah. said to me that he actually set the divot up himself for a goal kick. Yeah, like some, in the olden days, they used to make divots for themselves so yeah. the ball would, would rest against it and not roll away because the pitches were so bad. So he actually <laughs> was kicking that like two minutes before and it hits it and goes over him. <laughs> but that's not a, that wasn't actually a goalkeeping error, was it? That was like a act of God kind of goal. Yeah, that, yeah, it's more just a, a freak rather than an error. But this, this beach is ball, a beach, beach, beach ball. I, I'm, I still okay. get angry about beach ball because it's mm-hmm. against bloody rules. But um, yeah, um, I, I want Ginny to take more shots on goal in general because he can. He, I mean, when you watch him play for Holland, he's really good yep. in that range. Mm-hmm. But he seems very reluctant. I mean, people say it's down to instructions, but I don't think so because if you're in that position, then obviously you get licensed to shoot. Um, and there's been a few times where he has shot and, he, and it's been sort of bought out of the blue. 
Um, when he chipped the keeper at last season at Anfield, what game was that again? He chipped the keeper and I was just astonished. Um, so he, the ability is there. Um, and I'd, I'd like Bournemouth. for him to take the Bournemouth. That's it. I'd like for him to take the responsibility more. When he's in that position to have shots, um, rather than always looking to pass. This time he, he shot and, uh, you know, he hit it clean, but it was straight at the keeper. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he let the ball through his legs. Oh, well. Gutted, gutted. Because other than that, I think their keeper played well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did. Like, and he actually kept him in the game as well with that Salah save as well. You know, he you know, tried keeping him in. So, yeah, I completely agree. Right, I think we've pretty much discussed all the key talking points of the game. Let's just go straight to man of the match. Gans, you know what? You can step in for her in the tactical sub there. He got injured. I'm going to bring you in as well. But first, I will come to Cuzzy. Cuzzy, who was your man of the match? Um, I had Fabinho in mind. Um, mm-hmm. Van Dyke was this magnificent, absolutely magnificent. But I always give him my matches, so I I want to give Fabinho some love. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Fabinho. But um, nice. yeah, he, he was he was he was excellent today. Nice, I love that sharing the love, sharing the love. Yeah, I agree. I thought Venti for me with the standouts. What about yourself, Gags? You know that Fabinho is my number one. I I am a big Fabinho fan. I think I have been, but. I can't. Um, I can't give it in today. I saw a couple of a couple of little mistakes in there. He was beaten easily for one shot in the box. He gave it away easily uh, at, at one point in in the first half as well for a counter. I think there was so there was a couple of little bits in there. For majority though, I'd say ninety ninety eight percent Fabinho was magnificent. But I think a hundred percent Virgil didn't even put one foot like a hair wrong. Like Baji said, so there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Literally, like he was. Everywhere. He, at one point, the guy, there, there's a guy free down the right, down the left. Our right, their left. So if you're watching the TV, he's on the left. And Virgil just jogs in front of him. He didn't have to sprint. He just jogs in front of this guy who's like going full power and then just clears it. It just was nonchalance. And then they're crossing in and he's there first. Everything, everything he did was immaculate today. And, um, honestly, without him, Without him, you know, if imagine if we didn't have Alisson and VVD, you know, for the first seven games, we wouldn't be top. I guarantee you, we wouldn't be top. That's true. I guarantee you. So this is this is the kind of game where VVD's won it. Yeah, yeah. The referee, the, the sorry, yeah, Hendo's done a Sharon Stone for them, but <laughs> is really, he United kid? Huh? He's is a United he... kid as well. I think. Yeah. yeah so no, no, no sympathy. A... I'm, I'm yeah. no sympathy. <laughs> Fuck that. But but to be honest. This is where this is a kind of game where your your defender wins it for you. Your strikers didn't do the job; they missed all their chances. The keeper fluffs one in, the opposition one. But what's the most important part of what you got to do is not concede one. And VVD was VVD and Adrian today were pretty much flawless. I thought so, mm-hmm. but but because Adrian didn't have to make too many saves, I think VVD was the one who. Stopped him from making the same. Yep, yep. Uh, Steve P there. VVD was Bond, Villanesque. Go on, Nina. You know you want to say. You know what? Fury proved the fact that he turned to the FIFA Awards with a black shirt under his tux. I'm sorry. (laughs) Need I say anymore? The man looks so sharp. And people need to stop disrespecting Bond villains. I'm still sticking with my shout. Uh, You know what? Um, uh, 
both of you um, uh, they were both great shots I thought those two were probably the best performers I think right now we're in a situation where we can't really give an awful lot of praise to the attack and it is the defence holding their end of the bargain making sure securing the three points I completely agree with you I, I you know what we, last week it was to Matip Fabinho for me is always excellent I love him I'll probably give it to Virgil van Dijk because he did not win the FIFA award not that it matters because he'll, he'll win Ballon d'Or but I'm going to give it to Virgil van Dijk because I thought not even his defensive work. Some of his passing today was pretty much on point. So I'm going to give it to Virgil van Dijk. But it's so nice that we sat here and you have three solid, genuine shouts for Man of the Match. And all three are, you know, worthy winners. So that's my shout. Thank you. Um, thank you to the callers. Can't emphasise that enough. A massive thank you to Harinda, who is currently working on a masterpiece of Sharon Stone slash Henderson. And um, thank you for Gags for kind of stepping in and Cuzzy. But before you all go, I'll let you do some plugs. Cuzzy, anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you on Twitter? Um, at jcuzzy1, but nothing really to plug. Just been sort of hard at work writing. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, no, nothing really is imminent. Um, apart from um, maybe some further um, appearances on your show after another three points, hopefully. But yeah, other than that, no, nothing. Absolutely. No, Emma, you'll be hearing a lot more. And you know, when we league, he better be on that bus for the title parade. Uh, honest to God, I will I'll root for that. What about you, Gags? Where can people join us on Discord and where can people join us on AI Pro and all that good stuff? Join us on Discord to listen to this show straight after the game live, anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. The interaction's always fun. Lots of stuff going on in the chat whilst we talk. So much fun going on. Um, and then if you want to join AI Pro, which obviously if you want to listen live, you're kind of the only people that can listen live are subscribers. Yeah, it's shut off to them. Can I just say, oh, yeah. the chat box is hilarious. Anyone that's not yeah. joined, oh my God. And I've just put some rumours in about Spurs, which is hilarious, but they're rumours. You can never listen, you're going to read to them. But yeah, um, uh, and also, Dave Hendrick is on uh, uh, Discord. If you're missing him on Twitter, that's another thing we have that Twitter doesn't have. Is going crazy all the time, and you know, with his views out there, it's, it's just so much fun. So uh, yeah, it's added something to Discord that is in there regularly. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and then, if you want to join AI Pro, I'm putting this dot com forward slash join. It's uh, four ninety nine a month, thirty nine ninety nine a year. All of our content is on there. We've moved everything almost there. Just Nina's show, the AI pod, and a few others left with Guy uh, on the free side. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're holding the fort. But if you want to listen to the the rest of our um, content with Jan Moby on there, uh, Mr. Dar- Mr. Darglish, the Darglishes, should I say, Sir Kenny and Paul every month uh, under pressure. Uh, Dave's got a variety of shows in terms of AI Scouted and um, Raw. And then, yeah, there's so much. There's just so much. Rival Recon's moved, so that was the preview show. It's come on to the pro side. Rate Don't Hate, where we do ratings, something different, interactive as well with everybody. We take everyone's ratings that's subscribing. Uh, what else? The Tactics Weekly. There's so much. There's just so much we do on a weekly basis. Media Matters with James Pierce. Oh, my Pierce. God. Initiated. How can, we, how can we forget that? James Pierce is now part of uh, AI Pro twice. A month he's going to be on Media Matters, so we might even shift him around and do other shows as well. So come and check that out. It's um, it's 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 a lot of fun. There's loads of stuff going on. Um, Marco was on the last year incision. We've got an uh, an, uh, an football expert on this week for the Salzburg game as well, Nina. So that should be good. 
Yeah, really, really good. Some insight. I might ask him about some uh, young, exciting talent in a in the Austrian league as well. So you know, keep your ears open for that. It's going to be really detailed, really insightful. I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard great things about the guests that we're going to have. So, guys, for my part, I can only say, um, please do um follow me on Instagram. I do videos every, like five days a week. That is a commitment. I commit to that. I I post a video during the week every single day there is content every single day and I'd really appreciate you sort of following me watching my thoughts listening to my thoughts and sort of chatting with me let's have a chat and you can follow me on Instagram at the Nina Kowser show I'd really appreciate it a massive thank you to all the people who joined us live and I'm going to end this pod with a quote from Steve Pizza and he just says shit happens in Yorkshire well done lads and on that note Thank you for listening and up the reds. Podcast Network.